welcome to the Save with Sex podcast. I'm your host, Siobhan L., pleasure scholar and creative mother of the Muses Lab. Together, we journey through sex, pleasure, and the erotic as it relates to our relationships, spirit, self, and our overall human experience. I'm elated to be your guide on this adventure. So grab your tools of pleasure, ground, and let's go. Welcome to the Say With Sex podcast. I am your host, Siobhan L., and I have a guest with me. First of all, I know it's been a minute since you have heard from me, and that is okay because life be life in and things happen, and sometimes we have to take breaks and we have to preserve ourselves and we need to rest, but I'm excited for the guest that we have in today, Dr. Candice Nicole. We are going to be talking about sex. Hey. <laughs> We are finally going to be talking about sex in depth. We're going to be talking about sex in depth. Dr. Candace Nicole is an associate professor at the University of Kentucky studying sexual wellness and liberation. So excited to have you here today. Thank you so much for having me. Yay, round of applause. Like I have the little thing for us to do round of applause, but I don't want to touch it because, you know, (laughs) technology be doing this thing. So I'm just going to go, yay, round of applause, round of applause. Super excited to have the conversation with you. I was so excited when you emailed me. I was like, oh my God, somebody must be on my podcast. I felt so famous and <laughs> so important. And I'm just excited. I think I'm just excited to just actually finally talk about sex. Yes, because <laughs> it's so necessary because, you know, we were talking about being elder millennials and yes. Yes. the conversations around sex really weren't had with us. We are initiating conversations that people were not initiating for the most part. Absolutely. Sexual health for us was just trash. Like mm. we learned everything in real time. Look, it's a choose your own adventure. It really was. It really was choose your own adventure. And it led to a lot of trauma that we experienced. I was talking about there was a young, a young individual because I don't want to misgender them, but a young individual, Toyin, I'm just going to say Toyin, Mm -hmm. because I don't want to say her, say their last name incorrectly, but she was um, killed a couple years ago um, trying to look for safety in someone and they took advantage Mm -hmm. of that. So she had already been coming out of a situation of sexual, they had already been coming out of a situation of sexual assault and they went to someone for safety and was abused and then eventually um, killed. And one of the things that I talked about was I like to call it fucking for safety. That's mm. what I that's what mm. I called it. But it was coerced rape. And yeah. I didn't know anything about coerced rape. Um, that's that was a term that was very new to me. And when I was in college, we were, I, I went to Clark Atlanta University. So hey, I was. Hey, what is up? We ain't seen about this earlier. So how did we not know that we were in school at the same time? First yes, of all. I came out in 2005. You did. I came out 2003. We were down there at the same time. Wow. How did we not know this about one another? Oh my this, goodness. That's about to be another side conversation. Hey. 
Because okay. sex in the AUC was its yeah. own brand of fun. Mm-hmm. Wow, friend. The stories. Give me talk about something. <laughs> okay. Oh, woo. That was that was experimentation mm-hmm. in itself. Sex in the AUC was experimentation in itself. Um, but Shout out to HBCUs though. For real, that. yeah, man, the the type, the qual. First of all, the quality of education that you receive at an HBCU, mm. and just the love, the family, the culture. I'd never experienced family like that. Like I had a professor call my my apartment and was like, "Why are you not in class? What Who does that? Listen, got me straight together one semester where I was trying to lose my scholarship. Apparently, I my professor was like, "Uh, uh-uh. uh, called me on my little prepaid cell phone and was like, listen." Get in here and redo this paper and stop playing with me. I was like, for oh, real, you right? For real. Like I got a message saying, I don't really know what's going on with you, but you've missed class for the last two weeks. And I need you to get it together because you are nearing the end of your semester. And I need you to come into my office right now. Like you have an hour to get into mm. my office right now. And I was so shook because I had. And you went, didn't you? I did. I know. I, found, I, I scrounged up whatever money I had to get on the martyr and I took the bus down to campus and I just, I popped up in her office and she looked at me like, so what's up? Where you been? It's the love for me. I never experienced anything like that. And people can say what they want to say about PWIs, but they're not going to treat you like that. They're not going to care about you. They're not going to invest in you the way that they do at HBCU. It's just not there. Like, you, you, I mean, people be in class and prey on you in class. Like, that's the type of environment that you're in. And that's just a different type of experience that you leave going into the regular world, knowing that you came from this close-knit family. Yeah. There's nothing like an HBCU education. So I'll be definitely trying to sprinkle the HBCU vibes into my little PWI now. And Mm -hmm. some of my students, if they didn't come from an HBCU, they don't really understand. I was like, I mentor like a black mama. Mm -hmm. I am going to gather you if you need to be gathered. You know, I'm going to love on you. See if you ate and all that. But also don't play with me and I'm not one of your little friends. Like that's the... That's the vibe you're gonna get from me, and they, you know, if they if they went to predominantly white schools, they might not understand at first what I'm trying to give. Mm-hmm. But by the end, they're like, "Oh, okay, I see where we're going with this." Like, "Oh, this would, oh, you actually care about me? Yes, I care about you and your education." Thank you. I taught at an alternative high school, and. I would start the day with like some nice soft music and incense. And some of my colleagues would be like, wow, everybody's just sitting in your classroom. Yeah, because we set in the tone here. We got to set the tone for the day. I don't yes. know where they just left at mm. home. We in the hood. Like I would, I'm from Patterson. So we in the hood. I don't know what these kids just left from. So they're here trying to better themselves. So let me just kind of set the tone for the day. Yes. Wrangle them a little bit. We did a little bit of meditation. We do a little bit of incense. I wasn't supposed to be burning incense in my classroom, right. but I was <laughs> burning some nag chompa in the classroom. <laughs> so everybody could be calm. Yeah. And it, it did something for them. They would come in the class. I want to be in class. Yeah, I want to be in the class of Ms. Moore so they so I could just start my day. Yeah, because who knows what they left? Who knows if they went home? I don't know if they went home. I don't know if they just came straight off the street and, and came to class. I don't know what their what was 
their life prior to them coming into like what was life for you in, That's in the, right. the hours coming into class like I don't know what that is so at least if I could get them set for the day who knows how the day is going to progress but at least if I could get them on a right start mentally they'll be in the mindset to receive information and people don't understand the value of that you got to be able to receive information if you got too much noise going on Ooh. In your head, you can't receive anything. Nothing you it's just gonna be like talking to a brick wall. Literally, yeah. it's gonna be talking to a brick wall. You can't receive nothing. So we're gonna have this HBCU con- HBCU conversation after this podcast. Okay, okay. <laughs> but yeah, like so like I so on campus, I well, you know, we always try and get off campus because it really wasn't much to do on campus. I mean, if you were involved in activities, you were involved, but outside of that, there really yeah. wasn't much to do. So, you know, one of the little cute guys come on campus with a car. Oh, you got a car? Where are we going? So, you know, you go out and it's so menial now, but Applebee's was like my favorite place to go. So, like, if you taking me to Applebee's. I still rock with Applebee's. I ain't even gonna front. I mean, Them burgers I, still hit and fries still hit and that little... Ice cream sundae still hit. So I mean barbecue boneless, uh bon- the little boneless wings. <laughs> the and some fries. Man, I was living for that. So, you know, if you taking me there or red lobster, like I'm excited. Yeah, I want to talk to you because you know you you know I want to eat. Cause you know I want to eat this campus food. Mm. You know I want to have some like regular food, get me a little drinky drink. So of course you take me, but then I learn. As as years progress, there's a regular side of the menu and there's a bucket side of the menu. Mm. And if you order from the bucket side of the menu, then that means he's expecting something. Wow. And that's how I went into dating when I was in college. Like, okay, I got a little bit of money on me so I could order from the fucking side of the menu, but I could pay for my own food. Mm, mm. But if I'm not paying for it, if you no, 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 I got it, then there's this expectation wow. that because I'm ordering the expensive things off the menu or I'm on the date with you, there's an expectation that I have to have sex with you. And that was kind of like the entry to my dating experience in college. And I didn't realize that that's coerced rape and it would there would be moments where I just I didn't want to but just to get a guy off me or just to get you to shut up or just whatever so I could get even so I could get home like Mm -hmm. I'm in Lithonia somewhere and I got to get back home so to ensure I could get home because we're we're talking about pre-uber pre-lift so to ensure I could get back home and not try to scrounge up $60 to pay for a cab to take me from Lithonia back to Atlanta I might, I might give you a little sloppy toppy or, you know, I might ride you a little bit until you go to sleep and then hop off and try to take a quick shower. But Mm. that was part of my, my dating experience. And I talked about that when all of the, um, the viralness happened at the onslaught of Twain's death. So that, that some, a lot of us have that sexual trauma that we experience. And, you know, you come across people like us and we start talking about pleasure and being liberated in sex if you can't push past that trauma nothing that we say is is again gonna be like talking to that brick mm-hmm. wall nothing we say is gonna hit because all you know is that sex looks like this yeah mm-hmm. relationships look like this it sets an imprint mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. And it does create. So when you were talking about like the noise people come in with those traumatic experiences, non-consensual, coerced sexual assault, like that creates physiological noise. It creates cognitive noise, right? So your brain is, if you haven't processed it and had a good, you know, a good way to recover from that, it does create a lot of noise in your sexual experiences and prevent you from even feeling worthy of pleasure, worthy of attentiveness and care and intimacy and things that might make up good sex for you in a consensual good way. Yeah, because I'm and I'm thinking about a lot of my experiences. I didn't feel like I had autonomy over my body. Mm-hmm. I feel like like it's my body, but in order for me to just be safe, in order for me to do things like get home, I I had to utilize my body in a way. And that a was lot like of people currency. don't understand that. Yes. Like so, when we're having these conversations about consent, when we're having these conversations about well, women are equal to men now, they can just say no. They don't understand the potential violence that many of us face, you know, and and it's not, it's not as easy as, well, just get me out of here because some people who have a propensity to be perpetrators don't take that no lightly. Yes. 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 I've, I've had to maneuver out of a couple Mm -hmm. situations. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. You know, I've had dudes lay on top of me. And mm-hmm. like try to pin me down and just hope that I would allow their their penis to slide inside me, like kind of like on a oops type of thing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, there's a lot of I'm not really gonna force myself on you, but I'm forcing myself mm-hmm. on you, and it's still an act of violence. Yeah. So being able to to reject someone who already has it in their mind that you are property or that and they're entitled him- to you. Exactly. And that you owe them something. You already, you don't even realize how much jeopardy that you're in because they already came in with that mindset. Like you think you just going out on a date and you hanging out with somebody, but they already had it in their mind that they were going to take something from you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. And I think so many people have that experience and I appreciate you sharing it and just being forthcoming because as we talk about the full range of what sex can be, mm-hmm. if we don't admit that there have been some experiences that for me, they're not even sex. That's, yes. that is anything that doesn't have consent as the foundation isn't a sexual experience to me. That's an experience of violence, you know? And, but we, like, I think so many people don't know the difference and start to conflate them. Yeah. Let's talk about that. What, mm-hmm. how do, how can someone, regardless of, of the age, right? Regardless of age and gender, how can someone create some type of guidelines or signposts to understand that whatever type of arrangement that they're in, whether it's a consensual sexual arrangement or a non-consensual sexual arrangement? Because sometimes it, it it goes beyond, well, this person said yes, right? Right, we, yeah. There's more than that. Mm-hmm. Right. Because we know in certain, in, in assault, in certain assault situations, people change their mind. And that's where people think there's a slippery slope. Like, mm-hmm. well, you already said, yes, you're not allowed to change your mind. I am actually allowed at to change any my point. mind at any point because whatever's going on in my head, 
something could I could have thought, yes, this was it. And you could be doing something that makes me feel uncomfortable. And now I realize this is not a safe environment for me and I don't want to do this. I'm not there because I don't know what the outcome is going to be. And so, even so, even in the context of you, you said yes and you consented anyone of any gender and then mm-hmm. you find it's not pleasurable. It could even be that you're safe, but this don't, this, this doesn't feel good. You can stop. Yeah. And a lot of people, you know, feel like, well, let me just let them go ahead. And no, if you want to stop at any given point, you deserve to be able to stop. And I think everybody needs to really let that message sink in. So if your partner wants to stop or your partners want to stop at any given point, they deserve the ability to say, no, I've changed my mind. I've been having this conversation with my four-year-old actually, because we have Mm -hmm. consent conversations start very early on. Right. And so he now has the language of, well, I changed my mind. I was like, oh, I thought you wanted to do that. Mm, Well, I changed my mind. Oh, you did? Like that changing your mind is acceptable because sometimes and yeah. even in parenting, kids mm-hmm. don't have the option to change their mind. It's like, well, yeah. you said you was going to do this, so do it. Or you said you was going to eat this, so eat all of it. And it's like, I'm full or mm-hmm. I don't want to, I don't want to do this anymore. Is that okay? Yes, you can change your mind just mm-hmm. so that he recognizes that he has the ability to change his mind. And so does anybody else around him. I love that. That Because I'm, I'm, as I, I'm listening to you, I'm thinking about the autonomy that you're building with him so that he knows what that looks like for himself yeah. and, and can recognize it in other people, but then also boundaries. Cause I'm also thinking about, well, before I get into that, as you were talking about having sex with someone and it's starting to be unpleasurable being able to stop. And I had to learn how to speak up for myself. Yeah. That was a, that was very challenging for me. It was hard for me because I thought since I was in the act mm-hmm. that I had mm-hmm. to continue. And there were often times where it wasn't pleasurable. It didn't feel good. It felt dry. Like I was dry. Even mm-hmm. I'm talking about lube, right? Yeah. Even bringing lube into the conversation, I was dry. Oh, but you don't feel dry. Yeah, but I feel dry. Like mm-hmm. I can tell I'm dry. You may be still feeling some semblance of wetness, but it's not it's as not wet hitting. for me. Mm-hmm. It's not hitting for me. And I need the lube. So, you know, not feeling like, something's wrong with me because I needed lube or not feeling like something's wrong with me because it's not feeling, it may be feeling good for my partner, but it's not feeling good for me. So, you know, taking, removing the stigma that it's a me problem Mm -hmm. and not the other person. And maybe it's just not a problem for any person in in that moment. It's just not hitting for me. Like something's off and I don't know what is off, what's off. And I'm not going to play the blame game, but it's just not there for me anymore. So I think that's important too, being able to to stand firm and that and be okay with saying like mm, this this not really hitting for me. It's not you, maybe it's me. I don't know, but in this moment, I would like to stop. Yeah. Um. And 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 standing standing firm in that, and I had to learn how to do that. Um. Just over the last couple of years, mm-hmm. like it took me a very long time to be able to speak up. Um. Also because we talked about violence, like. I don't know how my partner is going to react when I say that I want to stop while I'm in the middle. You know, is he going to get frustrated? Are we going to go into an argument? Is this going to turn the, I mean, it it may turn the moment sour, but is he going to be comforting to me? Is he going to be empathetic Mm -hmm. to me? Is he going to show me compassion or is he going to go off the deep end? Oh, you got me in this moment and what am I supposed to do? Oh, well, 
here's some alternative things you can do to get yeah. me off because then now it becomes about his pleasure and my pleasure is now deprioritized. Yeah. So, so many different nuances with that. But when you mentioned how parents say to you, oh, I thought you was going to eat this. You need to eat it and you change your mind. I'm thinking about, wow, <laughs> how we need, how we try to assert boundaries at a young age. And often our parents stop us from asserting boundaries. Mm-hmm. So then we get older and well, you don't got no boundaries. Yeah. Well, that kind of stems from when I said I changed mm. my mind when I want to eat this bowl of cereal and I said I was full and you forced me to eat it. Like I like what I felt didn't matter or what my boundaries didn't matter or what I had, what I had to say didn't matter. But because you were my parent, I had to do what I was told. So, you know, that, that evolves into Mm -hmm. different things. There's a people pleasing element about myself that I learned over the last couple of weeks. I'm going to say that, but there's a people pleasing (laughs) element about myself that I learned I thought I healed from that because sometimes, particularly in relationships, we think we heal from certain things and we don't recognize that it just evolves in different forms. Mm. And if we don't recognize that it, it evolves in different forms, we'll keep repeating the cycle and not recognize it and be like, dang, but I healed from that. You healed from that version. Yeah. This is yeah. like version 3.0. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> So being able to recognize when things like evolve and grow is like important, particularly as it pertains to like boundaries and autonomy and, and use, utilizing or reaching back to your inner child to, to connect dots mm-hmm. in a way. Because sometimes in our, in our childhood, in our, in our upbringing, certain uh, occurrences or instances happen and we com- either compartmentalize or we adapt to yep. the adverse and then that just kind of carries over until our adulthood and then we become adults and we don't even know it's an adaptation exactly exactly trying to have functional relationships and we can't because you know we've ad- adapted to something or, or shifted or pivoted into something we didn't realize that we adapted to it. yeah no these mm-hmm. are powerful points because when you think about what good sex is for me Mm-hmm. When I think about what good sex is, and I keep the definition real clean, like it's what's good for and good to the mm-hmm. people who are involved, good for like and good to the people are involved. So there can be different components of it based on what you like, what your partner's like, like, there, you know, it doesn't have to be the same for everybody, but those are like the baseline criteria It's consensual and it's good for and good to you. That boundary setting piece up front when you have strong sexual communication can really make the difference between whether it's good sex or not. So what do you like to do in this instance? Or what might you do if we try this and it's not working out? Like having these conversations up front with someone, a lot of us weren't taught about that. And so you can gauge how a person's responding to those prompts and how you're feeling in that conversation before you ever get into a sexual moment. It's like, like you, you ever been, you ever been like just scrolling through the internet and people just talking real crazy, right? Talking reckless. Like there's been a lot of recklessness around Kiki Palmer mm-hmm. and all of this. And awesome. some of the things that people say in the comments and you're like, huh, I wonder mm-hmm. what it would be like 
for a person dating you? Like yes. what kind of conversation would you have that would indicate this is the mindset you have going into it? I want to possess you. I want to control you. I want to um I want to constrict your ability to express yourself. Like there are, there are ways that we get to talk about these things mm-hmm. with potential partners. And a lot of us just weren't taught about what the conversation point should be. So to mm-hmm. your point about like, you know, when we go out with folks and we were in college and stuff, most yeah. of us weren't having those conversations. We didn't we even know to have them. Exactly. Exactly. I, I totally agree. It, the the whole, first of all the whole it, it there's Kiki then there's um Tracy Ellis Ross then what was going on with Tracy Ellis Ross so she did a uh top she wasn't even new she was topless but she covered like her boobs and she did a selfie and oh my god the the whole internet just was like oh my god you too old to be doing that this is what all single women do da 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 and it, and someone made this point and I, so and it's I like love you a mom, you can't do it. You too old. You can't do it. You look like you're a wife. You can't do, you can't. Okay. You can't do nothing. You, you have, all, <laughs> you, you step into these labels. You can't do anything. With Janelle Monet, you used to wear suits. So now you can't do it. It's oh like, okay, like, leave people alone. Let's that see. is the one that's like really sending me over the edge because this Janelle Monet for decades. Cause I, I want to say she's close. Like, the, or they, I mean, not misgendered him. I want to say Janelle is is close to like twenty years in the game at mm-hmm. this point. So for their entire career, they wore suit and black and white as a ode to their parents in the service industry, right? Having to wear uniforms. So as as a ode, as a thank you to them, they wore suits, and then you saw them taking the black and white and just kind of judging it up a mm-hmm. bit, making it look a little sexy or whatever, showcasing. And we, we loved it. We like, yep. yes, yes, come on, friend. Come on, cousin. You know, that little splash of color. Yep. But it, it still look good, right? And now they're in this very liberated space in their life. And, oh, you, that's just what, that's just what people do. Well, they're saying women, but. Yeah. Janelle Monet is not binary, but that's how their the conversation is going. Oh, that's how women do. They just start showing their ass. You know what? Women, non-binary folks, fams, whomever, we can show whatever we want because it's our bodies. <laughs> like, who are you? And why are you? There, half of us, not even half, there is a small percentage of people that will ever even have access to them. Right. You won't even have access to this person and you worrying about what they doing with their body. Mm-hmm. Never have that. It's just the same thing with Sierra. It right. Oh, got her ass out. Da, 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 da. She married. And her husband like it. But why are you worried about somebody whose appearance on a talk show is more than what you make in a month with an hourly or an annual salary? Like just for her to show her face and be like, hey. She getting more than your monthly income. Why are you worrying about what rich people do? Mm. Focus on yourself. <laughs> but that's but that lets you know it trickles down into their day to day. For me, it it's like what about you makes you want to control, mm-hmm. police, or survey somebody else's behavior? And that's the question. That's the take home question for me. And it's like, okay, so you don't like it. 
that doesn't appeal to you, that's not the thing that you, that you would wear. Cool, bet. What is it about you that makes you feel like you got something to say about it? Like, why do you feel like you are legitimately supposed to control or constrict somebody else's behavior? And I usually think it comes down to sense of impotence, like powerlessness. So you want to exert power over people that society has told you you should have power over. Yeah. And, it's, and it's just raggedy. It is it's like, okay, it is, raggedy. It is raggedy. develop so, your own sense of power so that you don't have to be worried about what other people are doing with theirs. Exactly. Someone, when the picture with um, Tracy Ellis Walsh came out, someone tweeted because she has broke the mold of being a woman in her fifties, no kids. Like she chose not to have kids. She chose I don't think she chose not to be married, but she's just choosing to be very selective as far as her relationships are concerned. Like she just, she broke every mold that people said that she should. And because of that, it keeps people aggravated because she refuses to fit in the box. And not only did she refuse to fit in the box, she's successful. Like outside of her mother's name, she made a name for herself. So she didn't rely on her mother, her, her mother's, fame she created her own fame she she created she took the opportunities that she was given and she made a name for herself she she planted a stake in the ground for herself she she's just as famous as her mother mm-hmm. she's just as famous she she is a, one of the greatest actresses of our generation like she's wonderful She's a fashion icon, just like her mother was a fashion icon. Mm-hmm. She's a fashion icon. Like yep. her reach is massive. Her reach is massive. And she did all that without having to conform to any societal standards. She told all the societal standards to kiss her ass. And she decided that she was going to move in this world how she wanted to move. And she empowers other people to do the same. Yeah. And that pisses people. It really does piss people off. Because people feel like there's a set of rules, especially if they're the people who have followed those rules and thought it was supposed to pay off. There's a set of rules that you are supposed to follow. And if Mm -hmm. you don't follow them, you don't deserve anything good. Yep. You don't deserve success. You don't deserve love. You don't deserve protection. You don't deserve care. I talk about that concept called transactional modesty, Mm -hmm. where, and this sometimes women, we do this to each other, where it's like, well, she out here looking like this. And that's why she don't have no husband or that's why she don't have this. And then when you find out somebody out here looking like that and they do have all the things that you desired and that you played it safe and aligned with all of these really strict standards that you don't have, people get furious about that. Because it's like, I thought I was brokering all of these ideas of womanhood to earn a certain type of life and I don't have that, but you got the nerve to have it. How dare you? It's like, if you want to live that way, live that way. But if you only were doing it because you thought it would make you better than somebody, you got to really interrogate why you want to be better than other other people. And that's 99% of the people who follow that mindset. There's a, there's a recent TikTok about, um, this, this girl, she did like a stitch on TikTok and it was uh, another, another person. They were getting ready to do like some sexy content with their, their boyfriend. And then she stitched and was like, how am I with my degrees and blah, 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 blah. And I don't have a man and she has a man. Well, 
Mm. A lot of your response to that is probably why you don't. Mm -hmm. Because like you said, if you decided to live this life thinking that you would get a return on investment for living this life, then yeah, you're going to be quite disappointed because you did it just to um, make yourself above someone. Mm -hmm. There was no other reason why. So you conformed and you compartmentalized yourself and you took away from your own autonomy because you thought if you followed this straight and narrow path that you would get straight and narrow results. Mm. And I mean, you getting results. It's just not the results that you thought you were going to get. Yep. (laughs) Yep. And it, I mean, that's pick me culture too. It like, is. That's why I do this and that. My man this and that's why I be for my man. Yeah. Yeah. Your man be in my DMs too. My whole ass on Instagram. How about Damn that? do. <laughs> <laughs> I always tell people, I'm like, look, you got to live the life that you really want and let the cards fall how they fall because none of this shit is guaranteed. Oh. At all. Nobody it's, promised you anything and you're not entitled mm-hmm. to anything. So if modesty is your vibe because it's your vibe, like that's how you feel good. That's how you feel affirmed. You feel empowered in that. Go for it. Like, I don't right. got, I'm not about to police you and your modest wear. And if you feel like you want to be naked on the beach, titties free or in your, in your images on your social showing your body. Uh, great. If that's what makes you feel empowered, if that's what makes you feel liberated, if that's what makes you feel good, affirmed, I want to see it all. Like I want women to show up. I really want all people, honestly, but speaking about women in particular and black Mm -hmm. women specifically, Mm -hmm. I want us to be able to show up as our full selves with the understanding that there are things that we desire and we may or may not have access to them, but in the meantime, be you. Yes. You know, in the meantime, at least don't betray yourself on the route to getting them. Ooh, ooh, that's a word. Mm. Oh, I'm sitting with that. That's a whole word. Because I'm thinking about, well, one, I'm thinking about uh, a, a friend of mine. I'm not going to say former friend of mine, but I just haven't, I haven't spoken to her in, in, in some time. She said to me, we were talking about something and she said to me, I can't lie to myself because lying Mm. to myself is like betrayal. So I can't say that I'm going to do something and then not do it because then that's lying to myself Mm -hmm. and that's betrayal. So when you said that, ah, don't betray yourself on what you said, don't betray yourself on the road to becoming, Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I'm going to run it back. And that, (laughs) and, and that, that is big because I'm thinking about the amount of times that I betrayed myself. Mm hmm. And having compassion for when you do, because many of us were taught to, like you come second or third or fourth, you know, and so many of us were taught to betray ourselves to make other people feel whole and well. Mm. Nobody actually ends up feeling whole and well around you. That's that people pleasing element. Mm -hmm. You're going to make me talk about it anyway. (laughs) You're going to bring it out of me. But yeah, that's that's the people pleasing element. You know, you think about, particularly when it comes to like sex, right? You want you want to please your partner and you want your partner to feel good. You want your partner to have a great experience. But if it is at the expense of your own pleasure, yeah. 
then that's a problem. And I did a lot of things at the expense of my own pleasure. Like, oh, well, I can't show up for you like this. So I'll do this for you. Mm -hmm. And it became Mm -hmm. very transactional. And when sex becomes transactional, it's not pleasurable. It's not fun. It's not good sex. Like we're not, we're not having an equally um, great experience because I'm betraying myself in this moment because you're not going to prioritize my pleasure Mm -hmm. because I'm giving you what you need. So you're good. You're going to just make sure you're good. You're not going to reciprocate that back to me. And if I don't demand that you reciprocate it back to me, then again, that leads to the self-betrayal. I would even go further to say you want to be with somebody that you don't have to demand it from that you can invite and they want to go on that journey, right? It's like Mm -hmm. when you get to a point where you have to advocate for yourself through demand, maybe you're not in the position Mm -hmm. to continue in that relationship. Maybe it's time to pause it, right? Because if you got a demand, and this this is a typical journey of people pleasers. So I think a lot of people can probably resonate with this. You go from taking care of everybody else's needs. And then you start to get your voice and you go higher for yourself, right? You like, yeah. you're going to do what I want to do and all this. I, I like to offer a middle ground for all of us to invite someone to meet your needs. Here's mm. something, one, because it's more vulnerable than demanding. People pleasing is less vulnerable than asking for what you want and demanding is less vulnerable than asking for what you want. And so you vacillate between the two when you got to sit in that space of this person might not be able to offer me what I want, or this Mm -hmm. person might not have the capacity to give me what I want. This person may not think I'm worthy of what I want. And all of those things can be really scary, but I'm going to invite them. Hey, I would like to be loved Mm -hmm. like this. I would like to be touched like this. Would you do that for me? And that feels so much more vulnerable than touch me like this or you got to get out, Mm. you know, eat it and leave. Because we try to, you've seen seen this path right before where a a person goes from people pleasy to, oh, no, I'm a boss now. They're going to do what I say. I'm never going to be hurt again. And it's like, yes, you are. You're a human being. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah, that's that's a that's the wrong expectation to think that you'll never be hurt again. Because even in trying to prevent yourself from being hurt, you still get hurt trying to pre- right. trying to prevent it. Mm. Right. Mm. I remember going through that phase where I'm like, "Look, I don't want to get married. I don't want to take nothing from these dudes and all of this." After being in a relationship that wasn't quite so good for me, and it's mm-hmm. like. You build a wall and then you get demanding and controlling mm-hmm. and you become like the people we were just talking about yeah. or you try yeah. to force an outcome. It's like mm-hmm. invite people to be with you in this journey. And if they don't want to be, that's okay. They can't continue to go. I love that. I never thought of it that way, which is so funny because I'm working on a project and it's called an invitation to <laughs> The invitation. It's called an invitation to pleasure. But I I did not think about inviting someone on the journey with me in sex. Mm -hmm. But I feel like I might have talked about this at some point. I probably lost it. So Mm -hmm. shout out to you for sparking that back because I love that. Like how often, and especially in the midst of consent culture. How are how often are we inviting someone to explore with us mm. 
because you might find some things you didn't think were even possible. Yes. Because it's different when you look at sex as as exploratory. And it should be. Like mm-hmm. sex should be exploratory. It should be fun. And when you invite someone to adventure with you yeah. in this sexual experience, in this sexual arrangement, if you're doing that. But if, when you invite someone, like you said, it, even like even my body feels different when I when I'm talking about inviting someone to join the journey with mm-hmm. me and then having a conversation about I like to do this. Can you do this for me? Or can you do this with me? Can you experience this with me? And when you you ask, that's really where the asking mm-hmm. you you shall receive comes in because you you give that person an opportunity instead of forcing them to do something that they may not be comfortable with or may not know how yes. to do. You you give them the opportunity to speak up for themselves yeah. and decide if that's what they want to do. Or maybe they have a different way that they've done that specific thing and they may want to introduce you to mm-hmm. something different. So now you're opening the door to um, experiment because sex should be experimental as well. Yeah, they might so, say, I can't do that, but I can do this. How would that work? And it's a negotiation and not in a bad way. Yeah. And then it becomes compromise because mm-hmm. you don't feel like you're compromising your or deprioritizing yourself and your partner doesn't feel like they are deprioritizing themselves or having to feel like they have to do something in order to make you feel good, which makes them not feel good. So nobody's really actually happy and no one's really actually enjoying the act, which we know now is not good sex because everybody is not enjoying it. It's not enjoyable Mm -hmm. for everyone. Mm. I like that. Mm-hmm. I enjoy invitation. I enjoy invitation that really feels like an invitation and not like a, a subtle demand, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's like you have clearly shown me that I can say yes or no. Yeah. And that the consequence of my yes or no won't be abandonment or violence mm-hmm. or, you know, like you can, you can feel emotion around the yes or no, like, but that you won't manipulate. It's like, there's yeah. an invitation here. Yeah. Would you like to join me in this pleasure? Yeah, mm-hmm. I would. <laughs> I, I would it. like to, or I'm actually exhausted and I would not like to right now, but mm-hmm. I would like a rain check, you know, and that it doesn't feel like you've let somebody down and they can't recover yeah. from it. Yeah. That, yeah, that resonates with me because sometimes when I would say, no, I'm not really in the mood, I feel, I feel like I let someone down and mm-hmm. then now I feel obligated to recover. So mm-hmm. maybe I may say not today, but then I see that there's this sense of disappointment. Yeah. Maybe there's a little guilt tripping happening and I don't want my partner to feel disappointed and I don't want to feel like I'm not. I'm not into them. Like, I don't want them to feel rejected. So my not today goes from a, give me a, give, just give me a minute, just give yeah. me a minute to, to rest and relax. And then, you know, they may initiate something cause I'm not the best initiator, mm-hmm. but I realized that I'm not the best initiators because I've never really been safe enough to initiate. Mm-hmm. 
So safety and being forward and being assertive, I've never actually been safe enough to do that. It's not that mm-hmm. I'm not, I've just never been safe enough to do that um, because no one has ever made me feel like me being assertive was welcomed or that mm-hmm. I wouldn't be received a specific way. No one's ever made me feel like that. So I've always left the initiation in the hands and particularly of men because yeah they've always been the assertive one but I'm actually a little assertive and I you know take it Mm -hmm. (laughs) if I felt safe or I would initiate if I felt safe but the idea of inviting someone feels like a softer way Mm. to initiate and I like that because for women femmes or whomever if they want to initiate but they're they don't have this reactive aggressive personality the invitation feels like a nice soft even seductive Mm -hmm. way to bring someone into a sexual experience with you and then i believe it it creates a safe container a safe a safe space to really start having conversation about do you like this do you feel good when i do this because now we're in conversation because i've invited you into this experience and because i've done that now you may feel comfortable enough to engage with me yeah. in that way and i mean that could probably lead to things like dirty talk with pe- which people mm-hmm. like it could it could lead to maybe your partner particularly if it's a man may feel comfortable moaning out loud cuz mm-hmm. no men don't like to moan so right now your your you partner may them to right like i want to invite you to be as vocal about your pleasure as you can right you are so right with you, that and then they right. like uh, <laughs> <laughs> they start feeling liberated in themselves like oh okay she'll feel you know, good you want to be a vehicle I- of your partner's sexual liberation just oh, like you want them to be for you i love that i really do being a vehicle for your partner's sexual liberation i like that ah oh, this is so good this is so juicy mm-hmm. and you know what and i think this is helpful for me talking about having sex in your 40s i think Mm -hmm. this is helpful for me and for anyone who's in their 40s that's trying to get back into the because i'm not holding responsibly at this at this juncture i would like to hold responsibly but i am not holding responsibly i would like to and i think because of that because i don't want to feel like i have to be so aggressive Mm -hmm. or i have to be overly assertive this road to pleasure, this invitation to pleasure and being a vehicle for my partner's sexual liberation in that moment, creating this, now we're talking about me or being in your uh, non-reactive state, right? If we're talking about divine feminine energy, right? Mm -hmm. Or just taking that feminine energy or what could be considered a feminine expression, that passiveness of invitation and collaboration and softness that those are non-reactive. See, um, I, I was thinking that invitation was assertive. It's assertive, but not in a reactive way. Right. Cause I think of aggress- aggression as reactive mm-hmm. and assertion as like, I don't know, consensual, um, responsive or magnetic. It It can be, I don't know, you know, those are all like non-reactive qualities. Okay. Okay. Like responsive is, is like an, it, 
it can be a non-reactive quality because if I'm responding to you, I'm not reacting to you. Mm, okay. Because if I react to you, that can be overly like emotive. without thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. It can be impulsive. It can be overly emotive. It could be physical. So a response, I believe, requires thought. It requires time to kind of sit with something. So now there's a flow, right? Because I feel like the invitation into a sexual experience is a flow. Like now you're creating a flow. You're opening the door for something that flows, for something that's magnetic. You're opening the door for this softness to come in. Mm -hmm. And while people may like sex to be a little aggressive and a little like overly assertive, like more reactive, there may be some people who may want to have a different type of experience that's a little non-reactive, that's more sensual, more sensory, more erotic even, right? Okay, so the way I capture those two, because I'm writing about this as I write my book, do you want to be devoured or do you want to be savored? Ooh, ooh. I like to be savored, right? (laughs) But I can personally be a devourer. Yes. So, so, but I was having this conversation with my friends and I was like, you know, what, what was the best sex, sexual experience you ever had? And they were talking about what happened. And I was like, oh, so you like to be devoured. And so like, even that can be an invitation. Like, how do you want to be experienced? How do you want to experience this tonight? I want to be devoured. Bet. Yes. It's still an invitation, but it's going to get yes. active. <laughs> because I like to be devoured you like to be devoured see and that's the thing like a lot of people think oh there's something wrong with that no not at Mm -hmm. all it doesn't mean anything bad either way immerse yourself into me because devouring Mm -hmm. is immersion immerse yourself this is my Scorpio moon talking immerse yourself into me I want I want you to be come one with me almost. I want you to kind of be in my web of sensory and get lost in me. I want you to get lost in me. And when you are devouring something, that's a little aggressive and you are like in it. You're it's almost like you dipping your hand in the honey jar and you just mm-hmm. sopping it up. Right. When you savoring something, you taking your time, you you recognizing all the different notes, mm-hmm. all the different textures. Recognize my notes. Like- I want my notes recognized. It's sensory, right? It's sensory because you recognize in all the different layers. But when you are devouring something, you are consuming. Mm -hmm. You are in a space of consummation. And I be wanting to be consumed. Mm -hmm. And see that. Okay. So I'm happy that we're talking about this because I was like, does this framework? But I think it, I think it resonates. It does. (laughs) But I only like to be consumed in a pleasurable space. Yeah. I do not like to be consumed on things like social media and and I don't I'm not there from when I'm in a public space and I'm acting as a public figure, I'm not there for people's consumption. Yeah. Savor me then. Yes. <laughs> Savor <Keep> notes. <laughs> notes in these layers, in these levels. Like mm-hmm. you need to experience that because when I'm acting as a public figure, if you don't savor me, you're gonna miss something. Mm. Trying to swallow me whole. Yeah. And you might choke. Yeah. Because Ooh. my my public, right? So my public, my public presence is huge, right? But when I'm in an intimate setting, 
I not I don't shrink myself, but I I adapt to my yeah. setting yeah. and make myself easily easy to consume mm. because I want you I want you to be able to immerse yourself in me. I want you to be able to devour me. I want you to feel gluttonous when yes. you're with me. I want that. Mm-hmm. I want okay. you. To, I want you to satiate. I want you to satiate the craving. I want yeah. you to do that. I know that's look, right. Because then you'd be looking for me in the daytime with a flashlight. <laughs> I feel you though. Like that, like, and that's what, that's what I think the conversations can be. People think having sex conversations is so hard and awkward. And it's, that sounds fun, you know, to talk about like, okay, so do you like to be yeah. devoured or savored? What? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Think about it. Hmm. Mm-hmm. What does you know it mean what it to you? Means? You you know why sex conversations feel awkward for people because sometimes people not that deep right so that's right. deep to ask somebody do you like to be devour or savor because it makes them think mm-hmm. and a lot of people when they're talking about sex they're just talking about the surface things mm. that you know in the that momentary stuff like how do you like to come I mean I can tell you how I like to come yeah. but I can also talk about how you get me there mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and how you maintain me the journey the journey. <laughs> Right. So the steps to get me there and that could lead into, do you like to be devoured or do you like to be savored? And now we can talk about the journey to getting me to the O because then there's an O and then there's a O and I want the O. So if we can't have a deep conversation about that, if you just, if the limitations of the conversations of sex for you are just sticking and moving, then of course it's going to be awkward because your level of sex only goes so far as penetration because we don't even have to get to the penetration part for you to give me that. Oh, it's the sexual literacy for me. Oof. Mm. 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 Put that on a shirt. (laughs) Yeah. I'll buy that. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm. Mm. I have, I have in my notes. Are you pleasure literate? Oh, come on. Mm. That Please make that a thing. <laughs> I'm going to make it a thing. I'm going to make it a thing. I'm going to start creating content again. I'm, mm-hmm. I've been on hiatus. No, sometimes you need to take a break so you can get that creative erotic vibe mm-hmm. back too. And that's important, right? Because <laughs> even, even our creative nuances help to stimulate yeah. how we interact with people and sex. So like even the conversations, making the conversations creative. So I, I know a lot of people have the different conversation starters on how to have conversations with sex. And I think those things are helpful. Sometimes yeah. people need prompts, particularly if you're not a person who dives deep like that. Like if you would have never thought to ask someone, do you like to be devoured or do you like to be savored? You might need a prompt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that's okay if you don't right. necessarily think that deep. But if you want to have these in-depth conversations with people, having a prompt is there's nothing wrong with that because then it just helps you. And at some point, maybe you may not need the prompt, but at least it gets the conversation started. Particularly if you feel awkward having conversations with your partner or with anybody about sex, yeah. prompts yeah. are helpful. Mm. That's real. This was so juicy. I this like, was I good. Like mm-hmm. This was really good. I really like the invitation to pleasure. And I feel like those of us in our 40s who are really trying to get back into the swing of things, if we approach from that yeah. 
perspective. I think that can make easing ourselves back into um, sex. And many of us have, so I don't, let me know if this is a case for you. We have more discernment about who we want to make an invitation to. Yes. Yes. You know, which is mm-hmm. such a good thing about being at this big age. It's like, but then it ain't I see what I like and what I, I don't like. I see what I like, but I see a lot of what I don't like. And I'm like, man, can I just put my standards aside for a second and just get my back blown out? But I can't because I'm going to get here and I'm going to be like, mm-hmm. I don't want you touching my vagina. No. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's. So me and these standards, like I tell people I'm not celibate by choice. Like this is happenstance. This is happenstance and circumstance. I'm not celibate by choice. I just have these un- unnecessary standards for myself. Like it's just. But are they unnecessary? unnecessary. <laughs> they're not unnecessary. They, I just have, I have them because I care about my body and I care mm-hmm. about my pleasure. And I'm just not going to let somebody's dusty son roll up in my vagina and just do whatever. You know, if you don't got a, if you don't got a rose crystal penis, then I don't know why we're having this conversation. <laughs> this is not going to work. I need you like, I need to know what your hygiene standards are. I need to know how you think, like, if we can't have this devour versus saber conversation, mm-hmm. that's going to tell me a lot because I already know what you think about sex. Like if I'm talking about pleasure, even if I talk about what I do and that makes you feel uncomfortable, mm. then it's we, not a good, it's not a good, we need to be in alignment. And it's just so many people who are just not in alignment is it. I'm coming across more people who I'm not in alignment with as yeah. opposed to people who I could be in alignment with. And I'm just like, well, I guess, Another year, another 365 days. My homegirl was saying the same, like that she didn't feel like the, pe- the people were vibing the way she was vibing. She was like, so mm-hmm. she lives in, in Atlanta. Okay. And she was like, these streets ain't streeting. Mm-mm, they not. And, they I, not. and I was like, dang, girl. She was like, yeah, they not though. She was like, people just come at you weird. She they was like, do. There's a lot of weird stuff going on. Like people just shooting their shot is one thing, but it's like not even caring, you know, like not doing it with intention or invitation. It's just like, I'm going to shoot it all out here and see what happens. Yeah. Just throwing, throwing spaghetti to the wall and seeing if it sticks. I I wonder what's happening with men right now. Like what's going on with them? What's leading to that? They need I'm to have curious. a board meeting. They need to have a board meeting ASAP. Like the the collect the men the male collective needs to have a board meeting ASAP because there is there are things happening that are off, and I need them to figure it out. Yeah, I wonder what it would take for single black men to feel actually liberated, actually mm. well. Mm. So for the ones who are already feeling quite empowered and liberated yeah. and well the ones who don't feel like they have to control anyone who have divested from patriarchy in the ways mm-hmm. that it just it just doesn't serve us like how did you get there i'm i'm always curious how did you get there yeah where you know what was on your journey that led you there and then how do you talk to women like what what's your yeah. approach so that yeah. we know what to look for like yeah 
there's a couple of threads that I saved on Twitter with like, you know, hey guys, tell women how to shoot their shot. So I, you know, save those mm-hmm. threads so I can take notes. Um, Cause at some point I got to be outside because right. I, clearly I'm not going to meet no man you have in, to be in the house. <laughs> I mean, you could be on online and meet him, I guess. Nope. No. Okay. I tried that. I tried that. And I actually, I actually thought of just staying on the app just to document mm-hmm. the complete and utter trash that I was experiencing, but I didn't have the bandwidth to do it. And I was like, yeah. you know what? This is going to go left very quickly. Cause I know how my mind works. This is going to go left very quickly. Like I got to a point where I, <laughs> I was just playing with these guys yeah. in conversation because this, it wasn't working and maybe it, and, and it could be, it could be location. I don't know. I'm I'm in Jersey, so it could be location because I would be the dating apps would um, source men in New Jersey and yeah. in New York. So maybe it's location. I don't know, but it's just it's not looking good. It's not looking mm. good in the streets at all. Like I'm I'm just gonna be outside for myself, and if they find me, they find me. Yeah. I'm gonna turn my light on though, maybe because yeah. my light ain't on. I'll turn, I'll turn a little light on. I'll turn my light a little on. Little guy post. Fine. <laughs> Fine. Oh, this was so good. This was so great. Oh man. So many points. So many takeaways for myself. Mm-hmm. And I hope those who are listening have takeaways as well. But this was really good. I I thank you so much for connecting with me and wanting to be on podcast with me thank you and for having me yeah and this could be the, the the beginning i'm always i'm always down for part twos with mm-hmm. anybody i'm always down for a part two um because i feel like conversations like these aren't just one note or like one and done there's so much nuance there particularly when we start talking about liberation and sovereignty which yeah. I, i'm so I'm such an advocate of like sexual sovereignty. I'm such an advocate for that and being sovereign over yourself, having autonomy and agency over yourself and your sexual experience and what pleasure looks like for you. I'm so such an advocate for that. And I feel like those nuances can be like another deeper conversation of yeah. what that looks like to be sexually liberated, particularly with black women. Cause we, we all look at liberation differently. Mm-hmm. And some, some of us that we think, is sexual liberation may not be right. Um, so even kind of uh, dispelling some myth, myths and yeah. breaking down what, what that really, what that really looks like. Would love to have that type of conversation, but thank you. Thank you so much. This was amaze balls. Yay. What a way to get back into it. Mm-mm-mm. Right. So can I, can I drop this little note about my yes. book coming up? Okay. Tell, tell, them, tell the people everything, how they can find you, books, everything. Okay. So I'm so excited, y'all, because I got my first book deal with Row House and my book, Good Sex, will be coming out February 2025. So not okay. this February, but 2025, because I'm in the writing phase right now. Yeah. But I talk about a lot of the things we talked about, like what good sex is and all that it can be and what shit gets in the way of it. Mm-hmm. And how we can break through some of those things, some of the system systemic things, some of the relational things, some of the individual things. So mm-hmm. I 
can't wait. I will come back. I can't wait to come back and talk a little bit more about that. And otherwise I can be found on drcandicenicole.com and on Instagram and now on threads at Dr. Candace Nicole. So I'm trying these threads out, see what they talk about. I'm not on threads. Yeah. I like it because I like actually text better than I do images, but you know, nobody has the bandwidth to do all the social media. So it's just like, you're going to catch me here one day and here another day, as opposed Mm -hmm. to on all of them all the time, you know? Yeah. Same. I'm on spill. Mm -hmm. How is it? I don't have an iPhone. So I I was, I would have went there. Oh man. Oh yeah. When they open it up though, I'll rock with it. Yeah. I like spill so far. Spill spill is is cool. It, if you've ever been on Tumblr, it has that Tumblr vibe okay. to it. And I mean, I know legally they can't say it's like for black people, but yeah, I still yeah. think the sentiment is like it's for black people. There mm-hmm. are other non-black folks that are on the app, but I love that we all speak in GIF. Like mm. that just that feels so great to me because speaking in GIF, like or GIFs, I should say I work in marketing, GIFs. <laughs> GIFs are a language like GIFs are language they are response codes to everything and particularly if you know like the good black GIFs they're just great responses to everything and it's just such a testament to our culture and how we interact with one another Mm. so I love Spill so of course you have the people there that are kind of like the practitioners with the affirmations and the healers and stuff. And you got some people that are just talking, just to be talking, you know, talking to the voice, see how it goes. And then you have, I haven't seen any trash talkers okay. yet. I haven't seen, which is great. Great, great, great. I haven't seen any trash talkers yet, but it's just a mix of different people. And there's, I've seen some good content. I've been able to kind of spill some tea or spill some content. Um, and just learning the app has been really cool. So nice. I feel like spill is where any type of cultural nuances that you would want to say, you could drop it there and people are going to get it, whether it's just like black culture, black culture. Let me see culture. if they're going to have it on. Do they got it on the iPad? Because I don't got no yeah, iPhone, but like, can, let me see. You, get it on, you should be able to get it on your iPad. I'm going to see. Hold on a second. <laughs> you got a code. Hit me up. Let me know because you know you be having a wait list. Let me see if you got a little extra code. I got a code. <laughs> you see if you got it. Mm-hmm. Is it spill app? What's T? I think so. Yeah. That's it. And it's uh, a spill, spill in black and white. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Does it look like this? Yes. Wait. Mm -hmm. Uh Uh-oh. It just went away. No, I saw it. You saw? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let me see. Let me see. Are we going to get Dr. Candace on spill? Look, because that's where I want (laughs) to (laughs) be. Where the folk is. Want to be at the cookout. Wanna like, be at I want to see what we talking about out here. That was one of my first posts. Who all here at the cookout? Yeah. Okay. Email me the little, little code so I can be good. But thank you so much for having me. This was a yes. great conversation. Yes, you're welcome. And thank you for joining. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the Say It With Sex podcast. And until then.
Thank you for tuning in to the Save with Sex podcast, an audio experience of the Muses Lab. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with like minds. And if you're down for the get down, subscribe on your favorite podcasting app and never miss an episode. Thank you.